Amen. Amen. Back in the day, they would say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, saints. The word of God said, Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. And the highest praise that we can give him is hallelujah. Lord, you're worthy. Come on. Lord, you're to be here another day for he didn't have to do it he didn't have to reach all the way down from heaven and touch me but not only me he touched you and so many more that are tuned in on today thank my pastor for this great opportunity to share a word with you for God touched him to allow him to ask me to do this and I'm grateful Amen, amen. But I'm not going to prolong this service. There is a word from the Lord. It's found in the book of Genesis. Chapter 24, verse 1, and then I would like to take you to 2 Peter. Chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. When you found... Genesis 24 and 1 say amen and it reads Genesis 24 and 1 
And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Say all things. Amen, amen, amen. Going to 2 Peter chapter 2. Verses 7 and 8, you will find these words. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. May the Lord bless the reader and the hearer and do of his word. Let us pray. Oh gracious and mighty God, it's once again that we come boldly before thy throne of grace in the name of thy son Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Forgive us of our thoughts, our words, our deeds. Forgive us of our sins. Wash us and cleanse us in the precious blood of Jesus. Make us and mold us in what you would have us to be. Father, I pray now that thou will let me down into thy storehouse, that I may bless thy people with the word, Lord. Open their ears, Lord, to hear, Lord, and their eyes that they may see, Lord, what thou hast prepared for them. It's all in the mighty name of Jesus. We do pray and give thanks. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. For just a little while, I would like to talk to you from a subject of which righteous person do you want to be? We're going to look at Abraham and Lot. But I really want you to think about which righteous person or one of these men would you like to be? And I want you to deeply consider where you are. And going back to our pastor on last week, um, he talked about closer to Jesus. How close to him are you? And as he was preaching the message, I just got excited about it and I started thinking about Abraham and Lot and trying to determine which one was closest to God. Through their actions, through their thoughts, through their deeds. And so what, the, 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 what I'm trying to set here is that you can be in the house of God and yet be far from God. You can come up with godly parents but yet don't know God yourself. So we are at times have Christians who are in the church who know of God but don't truly know God simply because of the relationship. You got to draw nigh to him in order for him to come closer to you. He said, draw nigh, he'll draw nigh to thee. So how close do you really want to be? The Bible say that Abraham was righteous. But do you know that his nephew was righteous too? Yet both men live very different lives. Abraham and Lot both lived under God's grace 400 plus years before the law was given. And yet we see Abraham was very blessed, whereas Lot lost much. How is this? 
what transpired. Well, a little bit about Lot. Lot was the son of Haran, Abraham's brother. He accompanied Abraham on his journey to the land of promise. He went with him. How many of you done started out but did you end in the land of promise? It's a lot in this message. So I want you to get it because we often start out good but never finish what we start. He accompanied Abraham on his journey to the land of promise but later moved to Sodom. A place where he and his family were surrounded by sin and corruption. And when they fled the city to escape destruction, his wife looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. Let me bring you a little bit up to date and go over this one more time. He went with Abraham to the land of promise but moved into Sodom. You've been raised in a godly home. But at some point, you moved out of the home into Sodom. What was tempting about Sodom? The Bible tells us in Genesis 13, 5 through 13, as we look a little bit more about Lot, and I'm pretty much sure a lot of people have read about Genesis and dealing with Abraham and Lot. It said that both men had great herds of flocks and, and that the land was not able to bear them for their substance was so great. God had been blessing. And, and, and when you look at it, God was shown up with Abraham. But there was somebody also along with Abraham that was also receiving a blessing. See, at times we are connected to people, but the question is, are we learning from them? Have you learned from grandma? Have you learned from granddaddy? Have you learned from that saint, that deacon, that deaconess, that woman in the church? What have you learned? You done been around them your whole life, and why is your life different? If they seem to be blessed and you seem to be going through, what is the problem? I often tell the people that I counsel, I say, now I believe this. What you're doing, if you didn't get it from home, that means you got it from the street. I believe if you live according to what your family values taught you, you won't be dealing with this problem. I didn't say they wouldn't have no problems. I don't believe they will be dealing with the problem that they're dealing with. Oftentimes, we have that prodigal son spirit. Where we, want, where we come up in the right home, but then for some reason, we decide that we want to leave and go our own way. We want to go another way. The Bible tells us also that there was strife between the herdsmen, and it tells us that Abraham took the initiative to make peace. And he even let Lot pick the land where he wanted to live. Again, as you would read in the Bible, both men were righteous. But one was more righteous and gracious than the other. I want you to do the comparison to the two because you have to decide which righteous person you want to be. Your children have to make this decision. 
Every Christian must make this decision. I want to remind you that everything that Lot had was because of Abraham. If he had not been with Lot, if he had not been with Abraham, Lot wouldn't have been blessed as he was. Only because he left and went with Abraham did he receive part of the blessing. But it became a time where the blessing was so much that it was causing problems. And so there had to be a separating. Ain't nothing wrong with separating from your folks. If you, if you done got married, you're supposed to leave your father and mother and cleave. Oh, y'all don't want to hear me this morning, but I, I, I want to help y'all. Sometimes people don't want to leave. They want to stay around. Get out from among your family. Leave them. But we so used to, to what we used to, we don't want to go into the unknown. The Bible tells us that Lot chose the well-watered plain of Jordan where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah were. Lot dwelt there. He pitched his tent, his tent near Sodom and eventually he lived in Sodom. I want you to understand that Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible represented a sinful lifestyle. Where you living? Where you living? What are you living around? What are you giving heed to? What, what are you taking in? What are you saying it's all right? I ask again, where have you pitched your tent? Lot was a man who seemed to be greatly influenced by his environment. What about you? Where you want to live? You want to live in the city? You want to live in the suburbs? Or you want to live in the county, the country? Depending on the environment, that's where I want to stay at. Ain't nothing happening out here. I ain't trying to live out here. Ain't nothing out here. I need to go where the happening is at. I need to go where it's jumping all the time. I need to go where the party is. Never I need to go where God is or where they're worshiping, praising, glorifying and lifting up. But let me get over there. Let me move in that neighborhood. I'm going to the ATL. Oh, it's a lot going on up in there. I, I want to go where's, where a city never sleeps. I want to go where there's no rest for the weary. Look, look I, I know you ain't hear me, but, but I, I, I want to show This is what's going on. I need some excitement in my life. He was greatly influenced by his environment. And as long as he was with his godly uncle, Abraham, he managed to stay out of trouble. Are you in trouble? Who have you stopped hanging around? Who have you stopped talking to that would always remind you of what you're supposed to be doing? Not nobody trying to tell you what to do because we know once you get a certain age, I can't tell you nothing. I'm one of those parents that uh, I, I, I preach and teach at home. I told my wife, I believe in the three C's of parenting. The first C of parenting is called cop. You know, we patrol our children. Come here, where you going? What you doing? Come now, let me, you, get here. Now, you ain't took no bath. Get in there and do that. The second C of parenting 
It's called coaching. Now, now, now the first thing you, uh, uh, a parent of the cop is from when they're born till they really hit the fifth grade. Once they hit sixth grade to twelfth grade, you're simply the coach. You're trying to show them how to do things. This is how you clean up the house. This is how you fix it. This is how you cut the grass. This is how you cook. This is how you do it. And it seems like it's so much coming to them that they, 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 they frustrate it. But you're coaching them. You're trying to show them how to be productive Christian citizens. And you are creating an environment, a Christian environment, an environment that is right for Christian growth. We're coaching, we're coaching, we're coaching. But once they graduate, the last C of parenting is called counseling. These are my three C's, counseling. And that's what I tell my son. I tell him now, when they graduate, I say, now the choices you make now are going to affect you for the rest of your life. The choices you make now will affect you for the rest of your life. I can't be there all the time. I, 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 I can't tell you you need to get up and go to class. I can't tell you shouldn't hang around that person because I've been coaching you your whole life. I've been telling you who's right, who's wrong, what you should be aware of. Understand. But there comes a point in life where I have to put you in the hands of the Lord. I realize that as part of being a parent. No matter how much I want it for them, they got to want it for themselves. They can no longer live off my cream. They got to get their own cream. They got to make their own cream. Whatever God has done for me, my success, your success is not their come up. Did y'all hear that, parents? No matter how successful you are, that is not your children's, that's yours. No matter how much money you got, if you're rich, you're rich. They not rich. They just and they just uh, connected to somebody who got something. Oh no! Everybody missed that. Now understand, we live in an entitlement generation where they feel they're entitled to everything you have, but they ain't went through what you went through to get it, and catch an attitude with you. Put you on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. They're going to put you on the spot trying to make you feel like a bad parent because you ain't giving them what they want. But it's so shameful because when I looked at the word of God, what God wanted to give Adam, he couldn't give him. He had to give him what he needed. Y'all missed that. Did y'all hear that? What God wants to give you, he can't give you. He has to give you what you need. He wanted to give Adam everything. But because of disobedience, he had to give him what he needed. When you pray, you ought to ask, you, your prayer needs to be what God wants for you, not what you think you need, but understand what he wants for you. It's, it's immaculate. God wants you to be sick free. God wants you to, to have everything. But the, but the thing is, you can only have it if you have him. So you need to learn more of him. You need to have a closer walk with him. So as we, as, as we move on, remember I said, now, now, now he managed to stay out of trouble when he was with Abraham. But when he got away from Abraham's good example and moved into the city of Sodom. He knew now it was a place of sin because he had been with Abraham so long and, and with him. He saw what God had done in his life. You don't witness what God has done for your people and people around you. 
Peter says that Lot was distressed by the evil going on about him, or should I say around him. Yet he did not work, wake up or work up the initiative to leave Sodom. You know what's going around you. You know what's, what, 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 what's in your spill, but yet and still you won't separate yourself. You, you choose to hang out with the unsaved. You choose to go to the unsaved places. You choose to do the things that unsaved people do. And understand when destruction comes in, you get caught up in it too. God is not a respecter of person. You have to respect his principles. You have to respect his law. You have to respect him. Some Christians think or believe that since they are righteous by faith and under God's grace, that it is okay to live a sinful lifestyle or be around it. Well, I tell you, well, let's learn from Lot. Let's, let's, let's take that idea from Lot. First, he saw Sodom. First, I saw sin. What am I saying, Sodom? Then he walked toward Sodom. Finally, he went into Sodom. So understand, sin will what? Take you farther than you what want to go. Keep you what longer than what you want to be kept. And cost you more than you are willing to pay. Sin does this. But when sin comes in, it doesn't appear to be sin because that's what the devil do. He's great at masquerading. See, we have to battle the, the, the Antichrist. We have to battle the other gospel, another gospel that tells you you can do it and it's all right. Another gospel that tells you that, well, well God loves you, so you go ahead and do it. What? That God don't have no principle. That God don't have no standards. People always want to tell you what, 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 what they think, but never what the word of God says. And, 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 and you got some people who are so manipulative that if you don't study to show yourself approved, you will fall for it. This is the problem that I come to find out with Christians of today. Coming to church is like going to your favorite restaurant. Why? You ain't got to cook. I did say study to show you. I understand that, that, that the way that you're going to get the most out of the word of God is that you got to invest yourself in the word of God. I got a problem with lazy Christians who don't want to open their book, who don't want to study, who don't want to do no research, who, who expects the man of God, the pastor of God, to do all the work, to come in and to feed them. And then here it is, you cannot live off eating one meal a week. You're old enough to cook for yourself. You're old enough to fish for yourself. You're old enough to do this, but the problem that comes in, people expect somebody else to do it, so the pastor got to go in the word. He got to hunt for it. He got to kill it. He got to clean it. He got to cook it, and then he got to feed it, and sometimes he got to chew it up because you can't, you can't handle it. You can't digest it. Oh, I know, I know, I don't know. Calm down, Reverend. No, I ain't coming down. Come up. I'm trying to get the people of God to come up. 
Because the enemy wants you malnourished. He don't want you to have no strength. He want to tell you, wait till mama get home. You got a grown child at home that will wait on mama and dad to get home. I'm hungry. Food in the refrigerator. They know how to make peanut butter and jelly. They know how to make a ham sandwich, but they waiting on you. All day. What? I was so hungry one time, and my mama was here, she'd tell you, I fried some neck bones. <laughs> now, I ain't gonna tell you that I knew they were neck bones because I thought they were pork chop. You know how they cut the neck bone? And it looked, I knew to put that seeds in that flour, wanted to put that grease and fried it up. And I had to pick that meat off the bone, but I can tell you, I wasn't hungry. Well, I'm the same way when it comes to God. Understand, there's some things I may not know, but I definitely go in my word and try to find an answer. I refuse to starve. So whether it's fried neck bones or whatever, it don't matter. I'm going to fry it up. That's me. Mm-hmm. I know y'all say you shouldn't have said that, but I just want to let you know. In the word of God, we learned this, and I thought about Lot. I said, remember Lot was captured when the four kings plundered Sodom and Gomorrah. And even after Abraham rescued him with, and his family with help from God, he still did not learn his lesson. What you mean? Lot went back to Sodom. How many times have God rescued you and you went back to the same situation? How many people you know God done stepped in and fixed it and, and got them out of debt or got them out of jail or, or got them out of that bad relationship or, 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 or didn't let, here it is, didn't let you end up pregnant or you got the girl pregnant, but you went back and did it again. We, we, I, 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 when I'm dealing with the folks, I call it that dope friend prayer. Lord, if you just let me get out this time, I won't do it again. Lord, if you just let this happen, I won't. Please, Jesus, this time I need you to help me. And then all of a sudden, he hears your prayer. He does it. Boom, you're back in the same situation. I know I shouldn't have been with him. I know I shouldn't have been with him. I know I shouldn't have been smoking that. I know. I... God, I just need you to help me one more time. Mom and Dad, I just need you to send me just 20 more dollars. That's all I need, 20 more dollars. That's 20. See I, see, I can say this because my, my, my son did this to me. He works. At, he, he, he works now. He work, make it, work, working while he's in college. But he, he called me and said, I, 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 I get paid on Friday, but I just need $20 to give you something to eat. Huh? <laughs> Call me on a Monday. Huh? $20. Cash app him. $20 to get something to eat, but he get paid on Friday. So, you know, being a dad I am, what you doing with your money? What's going on? You, everything paid. Why you ain't eating at school? Because you're on a free meal ticket. Don't nobody like that, dad. I'm, what? You, you, you need $20 for me to hold you to Friday. That don't even make sense to me. That don't even compute. $20? It's Monday? Don't hold you to what? To Friday? What you trying to do? Is something wrong with me? It's four days, brother. You trying to tell me $20 gonna hold you for. Well, you gonna eat that? They, they don't have new time no more where you can go and get a dollar for a burger. Well, what? That was doing my time. What, what's going on? Well, huh? 
A Taco Bell taco don't cost, cost more than a dollar now, so you trying to... So, you know, I'm, I'm doing the math. I guess I'm thinking too deep. I guess I'm too much of a parent, but I'm trying to understand, I ain't raised you like this. I'm going to move on because, you know, every time things jump, my mind takes me back. Mm-hmm. And those of us that have kids understand that, but, but Lot didn't learn his lesson. God came in and saved him with Abraham, came in and got him, boom. That rascal went back to the city that had just been plundered. He went back to that spot. Like some Christians living from one bell out to another. God deliver us from one situation of debt and we go right back in to it again, again, and again. If you notice, Sodom and Gomorrah was eventually destroyed and Lot escaped with only the clothes on his back. When you read the story, understand it was eventually destroyed. He only escaped with the clothes on his back and he had his family with him, but he lost his wife in the process. Now, despite Lot's waywardness, God considered Lot and his family righteous. So he saved them. On the verge of Sodom's destruction, two angels led Lot, his wife, and two daughters away. Let me remind you of this. Remember when, before they went into there, they stopped by Abraham's place? Remember, Abraham went to plan. If you could find but one righteous man, one, God is so bad that he knew he was going to destroy the city, but he wasn't going to destroy the righteous with the wicked. I want y'all to hear this. So he sent the two in there to get, to, get, to get Lot and his family. There was one righteous man in the city. His name was Lot. When the angel showed up, understand, Lot came and he greeted them and everything he was doing. It, and the men of the city came were trying to break down Lot's door to get with those angels. They wanted to know them on an intimate way. It got so bad that what happened, that, that the angels had to grab Lot and told him, come on, we're going to, and, and, and boom, they was automatically transported outside the city. They was also given instruction not to look that, but, but to keep going. The men of the city were so wicked that even after the angels had blinded them, they were still trying to get in and get to them. I dare you to go back and look at it. They was blind, but they were still trying to get in. Understand, when sin got a hold of you, look, it'll lead you way. They blind, but they still wanted them angels. When sin wants you, it don't care what, what it has to do to get you. The sin and everything was wicked. It was already pronounced for destruction. And so God has put in our spirit some places we shouldn't go. Some people we shouldn't be around. Separate yourself. But, but, but the world tells us it's all right. It's not all right. Only from the world's standpoint. But understand, if you can get the lie, if you can get the lust, if you can get the L at the world, you will have the word. And so God wants you simply to follow the word. And so when I got to looking at it, I'm like, wow. Lot's wife turned and looked back, whether for curiosity or for longing. We don't know, but immediately she turned into a pillar of salt. When God tells you to get gone, get gone. 
When God tells you to pack up and move, you pack up and move. When he said, let's go, let's go. Which righteous man do you want to be? Which righteous person do you want to be? One that hesitates, one that questions, or one that moves. The word of God says that we are to honor, you know, children. Uh, well, look, obey, honor your parents. Uh-huh, this is right in the Lord. Understand. It didn't say understand them. When it comes to God, there's a lot of things we don't understand, but that don't mean that we don't supposed to obey them. Obey him. So it's important that we understand this. Understand this thing that God brought me to is that following God and living up to his potential or his standard for us requires constant effort on us. Like Lot, we are surrounded by a corrupt and sinful society. Lot could have left Sodom and made a place for himself, his wife, and his daughters where they could serve God in the beauty of holiness. So does you. Instead, he accepted the status quo and stayed where he was. God has made a way for us to get out. We can't flee from our society, but we can live God-honoring lives. We can live a life pleasing to him. But we have to choose to do so. Lot had a wonderful teacher and a holy example in his uncle Abraham. But when Lot left to go out on his own, he didn't follow Abraham's footsteps. Who footsteps are you following? Are you trying to blaze your own path? Do your own trailblazers. It's amazing that we are to follow in Jesus' footsteps. No matter how big they is, it's like a child. If your baby following your footsteps, your footsteps is so big. But that ain't the problem. That ain't the issue. If your baby learned to walk where you walk as you follow God, it's a lot of things that he or she would not have to go through. The scars in your life ought to be a roadmap of success for them. Did you hear me? The scars, who ain't been scarred, who ain't done some things. If you are willing to share your map, If you're willing to talk about some of your downfalls, some of your pitfalls, so that they could have a true roadmap on how to avoid certain situations in life. So, so that they, 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 they could have that. They, they would know when they come up to a yield sign to pop up. Hold on now. Caution lights will start blinking. Lot had all this through Abraham. If he only paid close attention to his uncle, Things would have turned out different. Change is hard. Lot's conscience told him he should leave Sodom, but he preferred the familiar, even if it was bad for him and his family. Abraham had broken away from his home and earth, trusting in God against the unknown. Lot should have done as his uncle did. Instead, he settled for less. Today, I don't want you to settle for less. If you have to break away, break away. 
Like Lot, we are sinful by nature. Even after we are saved, we are subject to backsliding. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to strengthen and guide us into good choices. Jesus mentioned Lot's wife in Luke 17, 31 and 32 as an example of clinging to the past instead of going with God. I encourage you this morning to go with God. Don't cling to the past because we all have a past. Our past don't determine our future, but our present. In the present, get with Jesus, stay with Jesus, walk with Jesus, love on Jesus. Jesus also compared the end times of the days of Lot. Unlike the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah who disbelieved God's warning of coming destruction, believers must live in readiness for his sudden return. Will you be ready when he comes back? Will you go with him? Will you be with him? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. When you truly understand what Jesus did, what Jesus went through to make you righteous, it should cause you to fall out of love with sin and in love with God. Then and only then will it not be hard for you to have a heart for God. And like Abraham, you'll be blessed in all things. Which righteous person do you want to be? Today, I want to open the doors of the church as the choir would sing. Maybe there's somebody here that want to give their life to Jesus. They want to start anew afresh. The words of the day you hear my voice, heart not your heart. Will there be one, won't you come? I'm talking about Jesus of Nazareth, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the root out of dry ground, Jesus. He can fix your situation. He can make it right for you. Born in Bethlehem, reared in Nazareth, tried in unjust courts, hung, crucified, dead and buried, but the word of God said he did not stay dead. But on the third day, he got us with all power in his hand. Declared on he that was dead but alive forevermore. Come on, will there be one? Jesus! Jesus! There's no other name where you must be saved than by the name of Jesus. Won't you come? Come on. Which righteous person do you want to be?